Hi, everybody. This is your cousin, Brucey, and you are listening to TV Confidential. And now, not confidential, here's Cousin Ed. Ed Roberts, with a reminder that Kevin Spiritus of Days of Our Lives and After Forever will join us at the top of the hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, this being Black History Month, we thought we would dip back into our archives and play a segment with our friend Jeffrey Mark about the life, career, and music of Ella Fitzgerald. Jeffrey Mark is not only the preeminent biographer of Ella Fitzgerald, he is the host of Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella Fitzgerald, a brand new radio show featuring the music of Ella Fitzgerald that premieres this weekend on Metro Media Radio. We'll tell you more about Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella in just a second, but first, as we pick up the conversation, Jeff is telling us the story of one of Ella Fitzgerald's early appearances on network television, including an important stand that Ella took behind the scenes with NBC before her appearance on the Bell Telephone Hour. Very, a show of great esteem on both radio and television called the Bell Telephone Hour. Mm -hmm. It was a very unusual variety show. It was in color almost from the beginning. It was not scheduled every week, most of its life. It was a special about once a month. And it was a hugely expensive variety show with different themes and no audience. There was never applause. It was just performers in a studio in color with a huge orchestra doing the best music there was. And they had Ella on more than once. The one time I'm talking about, they had Ella on and they wanted her with her trio. Ella almost always, from at least the mid-1950s on, worked with an integrated trio. She chose the best of who she wanted and her manager, Norman Grants, wanted. And as often as not, there were people of color and people not of color mm-hmm. in her trio. Mm-hmm. She chose for talent. Well... NBC and the Bell Telephone Company, which is now AT&T, got very upset with this because she was African-American. They wanted her to work with all of one color, preferably hers, so much for NBC being the full-color network. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) That that, that is ironic. So what, what they did was they put Ella in front of a translucent scrim and kept her musicians behind it And as I say in my book, you couldn't tell if it was Ella's trio or a Nairobi trio behind her. (laughs) But Norman Grant's, her manager, took out a huge ad in Variety, telling what had gone on and exposing the bigotry. Yeah, and and that that was not who Ella was as a person, as a performer. And I've gotten to talk to, you know, a few musicians in the course of doing this program, Jeffrey. And musicians, they don't discriminate. If it's good, it's good. And if it swings, it swings. And that's the way Ella was. Absolutely. And it never happened again. There was never a problem. Once she forced the issue, there was never again a problem with who Ella played with anywhere. But sometimes in television, people had to take a stand, and this was the correct stand, and it broke barriers. And since we are a television program, not a music program, your program, I mean, I thought it was important to let you know that that Ella Fitzgerald 
is an important part of TV history. She certainly is, and if you pick up a copy of Ella, a biography of the legendary Ella Fitzgerald, I mean, Jeffrey walks you through several, many, many examples uh, in his year-by-year chronology, musicography of Ella's life and career. And as we mentioned, Ella, a biography of the legendary Ella Fitzgerald, available bookstores everywhere, Amazon.com. I told you before we started rolling Jeffrey, I had to go up to uh, San Francisco, and I took Ella with me. And uh, I'm not kidding. It made the drive fly by. Forget just the music entertainment value, but knowing some of the backstory of some of these songs, having read your book, made it all the more entertaining. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. (laughs) That was the whole idea, was to be able to provide that extra layer that extra level of enjoyment that brings the book out and then the book brings the music out and together you really get to appreciate Ella and the people with whom she had a chance to perform hint hint one of whom was Louis Armstrong and I don't recall whether I asked you about Ella's longtime friendship and often performance partnership with Louis Armstrong, but two of my favorite tracks of the CD set uh, is the one on the um, disc one, the in-studio CD, where she does a duet with Louis, Can't We Be Friends. And the second, one of my other favorite tracks, is the cut of Basin Street Blues and the Young Concert CD, where she does her famous Louis Armstrong impersonation. Well, there are stories attached to both of them, since you brought up Can't We Be Friends first. Ella and Louis had recorded together in the 1940s on 78 RPM records for Decca Records, and... There just isn't time for me to explain what all that means. If you don't know, just pretend like you do. <laughs> and they weren't nice. They, they, weren't, they weren't the greatest things in the world, and they weren't bestsellers, but they did well, which is why they did several of them. Yeah. But when Norman Grant started Verb Records for Ella and took complete control of her recording life, he wanted to put Ella and Louie together in the studio. And it's a genius way of doing it, really, because you're talking about real jazz. He brought in, I don't know, seven or eight or nine musicians, people that Ella and Louie had both worked with. They chose songs literally from sheet music and picked keys that both singers were comfortable in. There were no arrangements. They would spend five or ten minutes discussing what it might be like, and then they just put the tape recorder on and started recording them. And my favorite of all of them is Can't We Be Friends. Now, Louis was much older than Ella and had worked with her since the 1930s. They knew each other literally like brother and sister. There was no nothing romantic. He was just way too old for that with her. But he knew how to get the best out of her. So what he would do is, just before they'd say, ready, he'd whisper some filthy... <laughs> that just as she's about to sing something, there's a giggle in her voice. <laughs> and he was smart because that, that, that giggle, that, that brightness shows through all the recordings mm-hmm. that they do together. There's this, there's this happiness brought out by him by teasing her. Yeah. 
And I think the best of these two albums they did, two two LP sets they did, uh, Ella and Louie, Ella and Louie again, uh, show that. There's less of it in the Porgy and Bess album they did together because the, the, the subject matter was a lot more serious, and now they have this huge orchestra. There's no time to play. There's no time to laugh. You're listening to a conversation with Jeffrey Mark. Jeffrey Mark, author of Ella, a biography of the legendary Ella Fitzgerald. Jeff's biography of Ella is available Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. Jeffrey Mark is also the host of Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella Fitzgerald, a new hour-long radio show featuring the music of Ella Fitzgerald. Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella premieres this weekend, the weekend of February 12th, 13th, and 14th on MetroMediaRadio.net. You can hear the first episode of Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella on Saturday, February 13th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, as well as Sunday, February 14th, Valentine's Day at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and a special encore presentation Wednesday, February 17th at 8 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Pacific. For more information, MetroMediaRadio.net, MetroMediaRadio.net. Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella will also be available as a podcast coming this spring. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Jeff, before we went to break, you were telling us the backstory of Ella's Louis Armstrong impersonation, which she performs on Basin Street Blues. Basin Street Blues is part of the second disc, the disc of Ella in concert that accompanies your book. The other thing you talked about was a live thing. Louis Armstrong, you'd think he'd be easy to imitate. He isn't. I've tried doing it, yeah. and I sound like Jimmy Durant. It just doesn't come out. Yeah. And, and you weren't expecting it, because Ella was always known for having this girlish quality to her voice. Yeah. But she's been this concert at Carnegie Hall, and she's doing this bass and street blues thing, and she sings it through once as herself. And then she says, Louis Armstrong, Basin Street, oh, Basin Street. And the audience loses its mind. And when they applaud for her and laugh, she even thanks the audience as Louis Armstrong, which causes the audience to go even crazier. And that's part of the genius of her live performing, is that she was able to, in the moment, be so spontaneous and... uh, react to the audience in the moment without losing a beat, without losing a note, without breaking character, shall we say. And I just thought it was so important to put it on the CD, and I'm so glad you like it. That pleases me a lot. Well, and when you're telling the backstory of Can't We Be Friends, that arrangement is playing in my head, and that that playfulness, I mean, no, knowing that he probably whispered something in her ear before they started rolling, that comes across in the performance. Absolutely. Jeffrey Mark is the host of Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella, a brand new radio show featuring the music of Ella Fitzgerald. Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella premieres this weekend, the weekend of February 13th and 14th. There'll be a special encore presentation on the morning of Wednesday, February 17th. For more information, metromediaradio.net, metromediaradio.net. Jeff will be back at the end of our second hour for more about the life, career, and music of Ella Fitzgerald. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll take a quick time out. Then Kevin Spiritus will join us 
we come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us. If you haven't been listening to TV Confidential, this is who you're missing. Linda Day George. Diane Cannon. Donna Mills. Richard Benjamin. Michael Bell. Joan Van Ark. Thank you so much, Joan. I, I really appreciate this. I hope we'll have a chance to chat again. Well, I hope so, too. And let me tell you, bravo to you. Kudos for doing your homework. That's all I got to say. Thank you. Hugs. That's TV Confidential. Every week on this station and every day online at televisionconfidential.com. You can listen to this show all over again as a podcast on iTunes, Spreaker, TuneIn, Apple Podcast, and wherever podcasts are found. Best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the TV Confidential podcast, go to the homepage at televisionconfidential.com and click subscribe now. You can now purchase t-shirts, mugs, caps, hoodies, wall clocks, and other gifts with the TV Confidential logo from the official TV Confidential merchandise shop. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com forward slash merchandise or cafepress.com forward slash TV Confidential, cafepress.com forward slash TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button this portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.